This episode of the Turf District Podcast is brought to you by the Alberta Podcast Network. Check out the network for a curated roster of Alberta-made podcasts, including I Love This, You Should Too, a podcast about sharing the things you like with the people you love, regardless of how terrible you think their taste might be. Hosts Indy and Samantha take turns introducing the other to pieces of pop culture and try to convince them to love it too. Find this and all the other great shows at albertapodcastnetwork.com. Enjoy the show. Hey fellas, we ain't gonna ever back down from nobody. I don't care who it is, this is a brotherhood. And if we stand strong together, we can't be denied. If one of us go down, we have another, and another, and another that's ready to fight. So let's hit this field and bang them, bang them, bang them. Somebody light me up. It's time to huddle up. It's the Turf District Podcast. Turf District, where we huddle up to talk all things Edmonton Elks and the CFL, and we are a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported, and also a part of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. My name is Andrew, and thank you so much for joining us tonight if you're uh, with us on YouTube, and if you're listening in the audio version, thanks for downloading. We really appreciate it, and uh, boy, do we have a fun show tonight. Uh, So much to talk about, and um, uh, I I see that my mic should be working properly, um, and uh, also the microphone that I'm talking into. Let's bring in the one and only super fan, Mike. There he is. There's the There it is. Hopefully I sound all right tonight. Uh, looks you can't do much about, but at least we'll sound good, right? That's, well, that's always the first step I hear. As long <laughs> that's as all it takes. Oh, you know what? I should probably turn Mike's uh, mic on. There we go. Now try that again so that everybody can hear you. <laughs> Great. I'm sure they oh, get the my. gist right now. They got, so. Yeah, they got the they gist. They get the yeah. idea. Exactly. We, you know, you, you work on sounding good. Don't worry about the uh, the looking good. Right. Yeah. Wait. Is that right? I never I do. Know. But that's all right. <laughs> we'll take it. Okay. Also here this evening for our show is, of course, the one and only Commissioner Kayla. How are you, Commissioner? I, for one, always rely on looks. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> you are the looks of our group. That's we've we figured because that out already. If y'all wore makeup, it'd be the same thing. It's, it's just fake. Let's be honest. <laughs> is that is that what it is? Okay. Nah. Okay. Good. I, I'm. <laughs> I'm excited. Have you seen Mama Jedi? Come on. That's true. That's true. Yes, Mama Jedi does make it all better. Um, now, we had lots of work on the YouTube stream this past weekend. Thank you, Mike. And uh, I do want to thank everyone that helped both uh, by joining the chat and uh, making sure that everything is uh, working properly. Um, I can't 
tell you how much I appreciate working through that. So that was great. Um, and we hope that this is a good escape conversation um, mm -hmm. with everything that's going on in the world today. So let's bring in our guest. Uh, we are very, very lucky tonight to be joined by the brand new president and CEO of the Edmonton Elks, Victor Kui. How are you, sir? I'm very good. And I apologize right off for bringing the average of this, the looks in this group down. <laughs> I get it. I'm sorry, Kayla. I'm, I'm, I'm bringing the average down, but you know, that's my role. No, no, you know, sorry. I have to, inter I have to interrupt because there is one picture of you and even talking with you still, I have such a fondness for you because you remind me so much of Garrett Wong. And if no one knows who that is, he is Harry from Star Trek Voyager, which is one of my all-time favorite shows. So you know, you're like way up. Can we geek out for a second? There's that new Picard season that's out. Are you watching that? I have not because I don't have TV. I rely strictly on streaming, so I have to get the streaming service. But I have not. I have okay, not well, yet. I haven't seen it yet either, but that's why I was I was wondering if it's worth a watch. I, my my very guys? big Star Trek fan says it's absolutely worth every minute if you liked The Next Generation. Okay. Okay. Yes. There's well, we got of some seven ones. of nine, so. Uh, I guess th that brings in a lot all on its own, does it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Victor, I want to uh, I want to say welcome, of course, to the virtual district. Um, but uh, tell us, how has the first month and a half been um, since you've been on the job? It's been fun. It's been really. I mean, uh, I would say that I underestimated how much fun this was going to be. I knew I was looking forward to it and I knew that there'd be a lot of a lot of challenges but really this first this first month or 5 weeks or 6 weeks whatever now I just it's humbling actually to think that I've been given this opportunity to be in charge of this legacy of that so many people love and care about so much and if anything that drives me harder to make sure that I'm delivering the very best that I can in my life to, to, to this role. So it's, it's been, it's been good. I'd say so far you're succeeding because all of us want you here. And you, I don't know if you've noticed, we're all kind of glee ridden at this particular moment. So that's a good thing. Super fan. You're up. You, you betcha. So uh, one question we always love to have when people first come on the show is a little bit of the history of them in relation to the football team and the sport itself. So uh, how did you get connected into football? Who introduced you and, and when did you become an Edmonton fan? Um, well, before we go there, we should make it aware that anybody watching this right now, because it actually looks like I am the host of this, <laughs> and you guys are my guests from the Edmonton Elks, all wearing Elks brand, and I'm the one wearing Turf District. So, welcome to my podcast, everybody. Thank you very much. And, uh, you know, it's great to have you as guests today. No, so I'm. Um, uh, thank you for the shirt. That's my shout. Andrew came by today. He gave a shirt. I had to make sure I wore, I wore it. I'll be giving a couple more as prizes down the road. So, you know, anybody that's listening, just watch out for that. Uh, Mike, to answer your question, um, that's an interesting place to start because, you know, when you're born in Edmonton, mm -hmm. um, hockey and football is just like, it's just, I don't know, like it just is. You know what I mean? <laughs> it just it's is. And, yeah. And uh, um, 
when I was young, I mean, okay, I was born here, but I moved to Africa when I was six years old and I lived there until I was 12. And then I came back here. And um, it was here when I moved back that I discovered that I was not white. <laughs> when, I, when I was in Africa, because if you're not black in Africa, you're white. And so everybody called me white. And I came here, and then people are like, "Oh, you're 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 colored." I'm like, "No, I'm white." And they're like, no. I'm like, "Are you sure?" It took me a while to figure that out. But um, you know, coming back, one of the first things that our family did was we, we went to a game, and then as relatives came through and and we hosted people in our house, we would bring them out and would make them put on a jersey, and it was just like, it was just what you did. It's just what you did. And and when I came back here, what that was one of the things that I noticed that really surprised me is that I didn't feel this buzz when there was a home game. I was driving around and I didn't see the double E decals on the cars. And I just I couldn't understand what was going on. I couldn't understand what had changed. And um, that was really the beginning of my journey of trying to figure out what's happening with the team. And, uh, you know, what could I do? So that's, I kind of jumped all over there. But when you asked, the question was, where did I start? I'd say it was my dad. That's awesome. That's so sweet. So you went from Edmonton football fan to running one of the top 10 biggest sports media properties in one championship. How? (laughs) Well, you know, in life, when you surround yourself, when you look for good people, you you find good people. I really find that like finds like in mm-hmm. life. And um, it's like, if you're a smoker, you find other smokers, right? If you're a, a, a gamer, you find other gamers. If you're a gangster, you find other gangsters, <laughs> right? And, and hopefully, if you want to drive and, and be the best version of yourself, and, and, and do things with high integrity and, and that are passion-driven. You find other people that are motivated like that. And in general, the world of sports, the people that are in the world of sports are not coin-operated. As in, when you go to Wall Street, as an example, I'm, not, I'm hugely stereotyping, but it's quite clear. You go to Wall Street, you're coin-operated. What's the money? What's the benefit? Ka-ching, ka-ching, ka-ching. But when you go into the world of sports, There are people that are there for a different purpose. They recognize that sports brings together this magical once in a moment, once in a lifetime moment that you have to experience. And it's even better when you experience it with other people. And then it becomes like a drug that you search for. And then there's, you could search for that as a fan and you can search from that as a business administration side, you know, the, the sport of business. And that's what you just start to look for. Now, I've been, I was really lucky in my life to find great people that guided my life and my career early and gave me opportunities that I didn't know that I was even capable of and um, pushed me to, to, to kind of push myself. And I think that that's really what's unique about the world of sports, of people that are very passion-driven about what they are pursuing. That's very true. I think the three of us can speak for that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. This is how we, That's this is how we found other. our people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> was, uh, but you, you find other people that are your people and, uh, yeah. And then they become your family. Um, now after, 
After being overseas for so long this time, I mean, I know you you talked about being in Africa before and coming back when you were 12. Um, after being away so long this time, how, how does it feel this time to come home? Well, I haven't lived here since 2001. Right. And um, it's a, while some things are very different, as in there's Anthony Henday, I didn't understand what Anthony Henday was. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I could see it on Google Maps, but I, when somebody told me, oh, you can go from Castle Downs to uh, South Common or to Rabbit Hill in 30 minutes, like I, I was like, do not compute, do not. <laughs> like, like, and it just didn't make any sense to me because when I was in school and you wanted to go from Castle Downs to Rabbit Hill, that was like an hour and 20 minute bus ride or something like that. Like it was, it was a big deal. And uh, now it's, you know, 20 minutes. And so while there's the physical part, I think that was different, you know, there's all the new areas of, of town and, um, but the feel of the city um, is the same in a lot of, in a lot of different ways. Uh, um, there is like, well, how do I want to describe it? When you live in Asia, when you meet somebody for the first time, culturally, the first thing you do is you give them your business card. But the first thing that people ask you is, what do you do? What, what do you do? Like, they want to know, what do you do? What is your title? So they can slot you into the right socioeconomic bracket to understand the discussions that should be, and that, that's a very important part of a of, of discussion of what people do, and it's normal. It's not offensive. It's that they just want to know, are you a banker, or do you work in, you know, whatever? Are you a CEO, or are you a manager? They just, they, it's a normal part of discussion. Whereas in Edmonton, when you meet people, that is almost never a question. It, it might come up days after you talk to a person. It's like, <laughs> what they want to know is, who are you? Like, are you a good person that I'm going to spend the next one minute, five minutes, next five days talking to? And if you pass that test as a good human and we align in our values, then you continue the discussion. Who cares what your title is? I don't care what your job is. And, you know, and that is like such a great feeling of when you can live in a society where people want to know who you really are. They're not influenced by the watch that you wear or the car that you drive or what brand is on your shirt. In this case, this is luxury brand right here. (laughs) And people will be like, Oh my God, you got a turf district show. What? But that aside, you know, um, so I think the people, I still feel a lot of that. We are a lot more people and, and, um, but that part and call me naive and, and, and like, philosophical but I, I i would say my wife who is singaporean when she moved here that's one of the things that she even commented on you know the neighbors we talk to the neighbors and they're helpful and and it reminds her of her small town in in malaysia where she grew up in in, in malaysia a small town is called a kampung so they call it a kampung lifestyle which is like small city lifestyle is what, what it is where where you borrow sugar from your neighbor, that kind of thing, right? And that's that's how she describes Edmonton. Aww. Oh, that, that's fantastic. That's a great that's a great way to describe it. And uh, and I'm glad that you're feeling that because sometimes when you're in Edmonton, you don't re- you, you you kind of forget that part that 
it's just knowing the person and then going from there. So I, I really love that. Now I want to go to back to your, your first day. And when you had the intro video, there was this scene in the video of you standing in front of the gray cup wall. And there was like a moment and we all have it. Like any of the three of us go into, before we walk into that locker room, you pause and look at that wall and you know, it's small tier and then you carry on because it's so amazing. And, um, what was that feeling like for you on that first day? It, it was a little bit of disbelief, quite quite honestly. As in, um, I still, you know, I, I think back of that of that interview, and I, and I was trying to. Someone asked me the other day, like, were you nervous about that interview, and did you plan what you were going to talk about? Oops, sorry. And, um, <laughs> I think that's. That's because I have it on YouTube on my phone. So I'm- <laughs> perfect. Yeah. Hit subscribe. That's right. Yeah, yeah that's important to get that plug like, in. I appreciate okay, that. Right, yeah, it's good. Yeah. Like, subscribe. There we go. Perfect. Um. Uh. And 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 I said no. Like that was a hundred percent. We did it in one take, and just we just sat down and and we talked. And it's just this disbelief that I can't believe that I'm behind on this side of the curtain of the team where as a fan, you know, you, you see the organization and you see all these people around it and you're like, wow, I, I dreamt of, of, of this opportunity. And now I get, I get to have it. And, um, and it's just, you know, you got to take it in stride. Like I love looking out and you can't see it now cause it's dark, but every day I get to work out of here and I'm like, what, this is my office. Are you kidding me? <laughs> You know, on the other hand, I look at him like, oh, geez, I got to fill every one of those seats. (laughs) What are we going to do? Panic and excitement at the same moment. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'd say you're doing a great job so far from what I've been seeing from the rest of the fans. A lot of people are definitely signing up and you even had that uh, one day where it was the most season tickets sold in a single day. That's that's some pretty impressive numbers for sure. Um, Andrew, you talked about that that first day. Since that day, you've been just as busy. Um, I don't know if you actually sleep or not, but uh, the energy <laughs> is definitely there. Um, one thing that I think everyone noticed right off the start is your engagement with the fans. Um, it's been absolutely huge the way you are made yourself available to everyone answering questions and just being very genuine with them. Um, was your first step when you came in to re-engage with the fans? Not not consciously as a strategy. Right. I mean, I would say that a lot of the people, you know, I was already following them beforehand just as a fan. And I am a fan of witty conversation. I think if somebody writes something really witty, I'm like, yeah, nice. You know, that's a good one. And, and so and I appreciate that talk around sports. But even... Before this, you know, we talked about a little bit earlier where I was wondering what's happening with the team? Where is it going? And COVID and all this. I had reached out to, I don't know, like a dozen alumni or 20 or so on LinkedIn or on Twitter or on Instagram and just asked them, what do you think is going on? Like, what should change? What's the problem? I was just curious about what their perspective was. So, coming into the job was really just a continuation of what I was already doing. And I don't use social media uh, to become famous. That's I'm not trying to be Kim Kardashian. I use it 
because one, it's a powerful tool for our, our, our business. And we are in the business where every single person matters because every single person is one individual sale and one individual fan that impacts the totality of our business. We're not like something where we're selling 5,000, 10,000 units at one shot to one to one company. That just that doesn't happen. So if you are in this business, you have to actually like dealing with people. You have to like to talk to people. You have to like I'm the guy that when I walk into an elevator, I like to say hello to everyone. When I walk into Costco, I like to say hi and ask the person how they're doing. And it's not because it's an it's not an extra effort to me. It's just what I enjoy. So social media is an extension of that. Now, there is a strategy behind what you do to make your brand engaging and to grow it and to increase the reach of your of of, of your fan base. You have to be creative about that and, and think it through. But it's just such a, a valuable tool. And I'm quite lucky in that while I'm not a digital native, because I'm 50 years old, and I, uh, um, but when I started when we, with my co-founder won championship in 2011, it was with a digital first mindset. It was how do you reach, how do you use this fantastic tool and reach everybody in the world? So everything that I did and everything that I studied and trained over the last decade was really about using this as a as the right tool and and um, to get your message across and get get feedback. You, you you talked about the elevator and I think you and I might be a little bit the same. It's not a matter of walking in and saying hi. It's like walking in and it's like I have an audience for at least <laughs> a minute until we get to the next floor. So now's the time to perform and let's turn it on. Let's have some fun. Um, and you've done that I, I love your witty banter um when you were you know telling me to stop hitting me hitting on your mom was outstanding and i was gonna actually blame that on mike taking over but he never tweets from the pod account so i couldn't i couldn't in good conscience do it but uh it's yeah it's outstanding well to be fair your mom is kind of awesome like yourself <laughs> she is I, I, will, I will admit that too. Yeah. oh goodness uh, so uh, going on building blocks, uh, you announced that there's going to be a double header with the U of A Golden Bears, which I know all three of us are really excited. I loved going to uh, the Golden Bears games when I could. It was a really cheap alternative when I was a U of A student because it was free. <laughs> um, but I know in your interview, you had said you wanted to have that more of an um, institutionalized event, which would be amazing. But how did that all come together? And, and what are the long range plans that you have for the doubleheaders, if at all? Yeah, well, well, a lot, you know, it's it, that that doubleheader is kind of funny to me, because it's one of those things. And there's a lot of stuff uh, that in our organization that actually, I just don't understand why it hasn't been done. Like, right. And that was one of those things. Like I literally, I came in on the first day. I said, I want to do something with U of A. I want to do something with my alma mater. And I brought everybody together. I said, I don't care what it is. Everybody, let's throw ideas. What can we do? And we went from everything from something with a week of welcome, you know, and uh, and orientation days to like, and I said, no, like we're a football team. 
what do we do? What are we doing with the Bears? And I said, why can't we have, could we, could we have the Bears play us? You know, could we, <laughs> like, what, 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 what's in the realm of possibility? And we landed on that doubleheader. Alan Watt did a fantastic job of really working with Chris Morris and his team and bringing it together because there are some serious operational logistics that have to happen for for this to to align. It didn't just magically align. We had to really kind of horse trade around to to, to make things happen. And um, but that to me was just like, of course, of course, they, we should have a doubleheader. Now, long term plans is. I would like to see us align so that, let's say it's you know Labor Day Classic, that they're playing Calgary when we play Calgary. So we get the Calgary University guys coming over and us, and it's just like this whole rivalry that multiplies on each other. And, and if we can get something like that lined up, because once you do it once and people see the, the excitement about it, then it just gets institutionalized and it's going to happen year after year. And it's going to get bigger and bigger and you're going to have busloads of Cal- Calgarians coming into town and busloads of Edmontonians booing them and, and <laughs> you know, all of that. <laughs> that would I be like, amazing. Yeah, I like everything about that. That's, that's right now. Um, before we get into the, the next question I had, I, I wanted to talk to you about your announcement today because at first you put out a a tweet this morning that you know said uh you know thank you you know my job and and we're not sure you know join us for leadership change and i think everyone in the collective herd went oh what what you like you're kidding right like not what and then of course, your announcement comes that you're doing, you know, CEO for a day with the Winifred, Winifred Stewart um, Foundation, which is unreal. And so um, I guess then my next question is the next time we have you on the pod, are, are you going to be with your other CEO? And is that how that's going to work? But but tell us about that situation, because I, I love it. I love the inclusion and I love the idea of, um, of finding another way to have uh, people join in and learn new things. It's awesome. Yeah, you know, um, I guess that's a two-part question. So on the tweet one is, this goes to, you know, using the tool of social media to engage your audience. And um, you have to build a storyline, just like with everything that that you are doing. And it doesn't, storylines and questions and things that look smooth doesn't happen necessarily always organic. Sometimes they do. But most of the time, it requires thoughtful planning and you, you have to work through it and think about it of, of how can you make the greatest impact that you can. So that was sort of the storyline with the tweet. You know, we wanted to get people people uh, on the edge a little bit and, and wondering what was it worked. going on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and I, said, actually... I said to Mike, this will be a very interesting conversation this evening. <laughs> no, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, actually, even a couple of of our of our fans, we let them in ahead of time, and we told them this is what they're going to do. So on their social, they were amping it up. They're like, "Oh my God, what's the news?" But they actually they were in. They were in. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, on on the CEO and president for a day, you know, one of the things that I really hate is doing activities for for the token reason, 
as in when people say, oh, Edmonton Elks and the team should do more community outreach. And then so I go to a dinner party at some ethnic community and I shake hands like I'm a politician and I go, oh, there you go. I did my community outreach. But you know what? Like who gives a sh- who? Go ahead. We're fine. <laughs> yeah. It's, you can say whatever you want. Who cares about <laughs> that kind of appearance? It's so superficial. If you do something and you want to engage in the community, then engage in it in a meaningful way that can scale and can be repeated and that it actually impacts people's lives in a positive way. Now, if I was a politician and I had to go and handshake, got it. That's a different thing. But we are a community-owned team and the professional football team of the city. And our responsibility and our obligation is to make our community better. That's that's what a football team does. It inspires hope year after year that it's somehow going to be better. It doesn't matter how bad you were. You're like somehow going to be better. Let's hope to that. And so under that is our responsibility to the community. And so this to me was another one of those no-brainer things. We already work with them. And I'm like, well, how can I make this experience something someone's going to remember for the rest of their life? How do you make it like something where I can take all my luck and all my fortune that I've had and just transfer it to somebody and 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 make their day or their week or their year or whatever it might be? So that's that's how how I thought about it. I'm like, wow, how cool would it be? I mean, Craig, I already hang out with him all day when he's here. You know, every once while he comes in, he gives me all the all the junk so I can keep growing my belly and you know. <laughs> And so it was a uh, it was another one of those really easy things to do that you feel like proud that you have the opportunity to uh, to do it. Oh. <laughs> Kayla and I at the same time oh. gasp. Yeah, I think um, yeah, having been a fan of uh, the team in the '80s when that was the common thing. Um, that's just music to my ears to hear you saying that stuff. Um, I'm going to jog back to what uh, Mike was talking about. We were talking about the $99 seat promotion and how well that went. It was a huge hit um, and and great to get new fans in. Um, For those of us that have been season ticket holders for an extended amount of time, let's just put it that way. um, I'm excited. Do you have plans for them and, and what's, you know, what's going to come to the next step where we feel like that season ticket holder group at one point it felt like, like a super elite club and I don't want to, I'm not trying to make it elite, but you know what I mean? Like it felt like you were part of a club and uh, I'm wondering if you have thoughts on things that are going to happen as we get closer to the season for that. I think the relationship with our season holders has been taken for granted. And that happens when you are just have a loyal fan base that just keeps on coming and coming with defying logic. So as an organization, you get a little bit complacent. But if you were to take a step back and look and you're like, what? We have this fan base that gives year after year to the team and we don't do anything to take care of them? Like, I mean, we do some stuff. We get early promos and there's things and some special access. But really, like, what do we really do? You know, that's not a token discount. And and um, I think that's where we as an organization have to dive deeper to improve about ourselves. And it's not um, necessarily problems that are solved only with money. 
Some are solved by time, and some are solved by thoughtfulness. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll give you the example when we launched the the double E on the helmet, right? Gorgeous, by the way. Gorgeous. Hey, that was that's Dan. Dan, our equipment manager, is he's he's a rock star. I tell you, like there is amazing people in this organization. Like, frankly, I don't do any work. I just come here, I do a bunch of podcasts, <laughs> and a bunch of like chit chat. I eat all day. <laughs> geek out about star trek <laughs> and, and, and everyone else here are amazing and they're doing all the work um but when you think about that we put a vinyl sticker on a helmet that's what that action was and i could have just taken a picture and said hey fans i heard you you want double e back post instagram there you go right but we got the team together and and when we finally got the final design, I said, why are we doing this? Like, why? What, what is it? Is it, you know, and I asked everybody, what, are, what does this mean? And I said, the reason we're doing it is because not because of the color of the, of the green and gold. It's not because we have to release a new design. It's like, it means something. So what does it mean to you? What does it mean to me? What does it mean to our fans? What does it mean to our alumni? And how do we tell that story of what it means? Because if we understand all the reasons why so many people said, I need to see the double E. I need to see the double E. Why, 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 why? Right? Even myself, when I was was like, where did it go? And you have to ask that why a couple times to get to it. And when you do, you're like, oh, because it means uh, something in my heart. It means something like uh, a memory with your family. It means something because you played for the team. It means something because it was a part of your history. So let's tell that story. Let's bring Jed in. Let's bring Dave Jameson in. Let's, let's put all this history that we are so proud of and that we know and tell it in a way to hopefully capture new fans and and then build that to what are we doing you know what everybody knew well maybe except you three and you're guessing in your last call like what <laughs> everybody knew it was a helmet already <laughs> but um i think you know the by the time we got to the helmet and we're gonna be closer People knew that that's what we were going to do. But it was like, let's still believe in Santa Claus. The gifts are coming, <laughs> right? Santa Claus, just go. And, and and we released the video. It's, you know, one of our most popular videos. And it was really amazing to to work with, with guys like Jed and just give him that kind of opportunity. But really tip the hat to our history. Well, I mean, I got chills. Um <laughs> Not really much of a surprise to anyone. Uh, I mean, you just talked a bit about um, getting the alumni involved uh, and getting the fans involved. And to me, that's always been sort of uh, all part and parcel of the same thing. So to you, what is sort of the ultimate union between uh, the team, fans, and the alumni moving forward? Um, I think the alumni piece is first a tricky one because um, their priorities as alumni and their connection to the team is different than fans. 
Sure. And the reason of their connection to the teams is different. So it's not a one solution that fits all to, to bring it all together. And it's not a perfect trifecta of a triangle either. It's almost unilateral paths that sometimes intersect. And so what I mean by that is I believe, just like all of us, if you have a grandparent, there is a responsibility to sit down at the dinner table and listen to the stories of your grandparent, even though you might know the story, but because you know they love to tell it and it makes them happy. Yeah. Right? Like you yeah, absolutely. Like, like, sorry. <laughs> so you listen to the story and you just, you pay attention to it um, because if for other reasons than the actual story, right? Now, alumni are, are not saying that they're grandfathers, but they are their their story and their version of what they contribute is different, and it requires a different listening, and they give different insights into where the organization should go, and so um, that exercises a different process of what they bring to the table versus fans. Fans, you know, come about from everything that say I want cheaper hot dogs to here's my laundry list of what I should be treated as a season ticket holder. And that is a whole different process. Now, all of them have to come together, but we got 56,000 seats here, so we got plenty of space for all of that to, uh, for all that to come together. Uh, what I love about the alumni is that, um, the you know, when you think about our league and – the average salary, you know, their minimum salary of 65000 I mean, we're not dealing with retired millionaires like the NFL is or NBA. Like, you're dealing with guys that have put 20 years plus of their life, of their body, under torture, under duress. You know, it's not like they came here to play chess. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, they're physically, their body is going like this every day and they did that for pennies so like it's this is what's so magical about about cfl there's a there's a purity of i believe i mean i want the players to get more money i hope that that happens i want the league to grow i would love for us to be head to head with the nfl but right now today where we are there's a purity of the sport of why people come to play and why they're a part of it. And I think that's beautiful. And that's kind of like this undescribable Canadian element to it, right? <laughs> no, yeah, I can't can't argue that at all. Yeah. Absolutely. It's like if you know, you know kind of thing. Like yeah, yeah. you know CFL, you know, you know. Yeah, yeah. Talk about exclusive clubs. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I mean, we've gone on about the helmets. Wicked, awesome, stellar, dope, all of the adjectives. Like, it was, I got goosebumps. I know we all did. Um, but, I mean, it's always fun to have more special announcements. So, do you see more of those types of announcement coming out this year? Or, you know, any more special announcements that you might want to hint at? <laughs> um, we have more. We have more coming. And, uh, um, I mean, you know, we've been doing something almost every week 
pretty well. And we're not going to slow down. So we've just got a ton of creativity. And, and for me, I just want people talking about the team again. Yeah. In the middle of February or March. And like you can see, the stuff that we're doing isn't about buy a ticket, buy a ticket, buy a ticket. It's not, that's not what it is. Like when people will fall in love with the team again, they'll come. They'll buy to our, our job is to remind them why they should come. Mm-hmm. They're not like what I always say is sports and a ticket purchase is an illogical decision, right? <laughs> it's a, because you have to decide to spend thousands of dollars on a sport ticket that, that disappears. Like, it's, <laughs> you know, the event is, it, you have to convince your significant other instead of putting this thousand dollars on our car mortgage, our car loan or our, our house mortgage, I'm going to buy a ticket to an event. And that, that, that is not a logical process. It has to come from an emotional purchase where you're almost price insensitive. So the, when the emotional bond with the team and the community is very strong, um, it defies logic, mm-hmm. but when it's weak, logic dominates. So I'll give you an example. When the tie is weak um, to, let's say, to your fans watching the podcast, okay, or to coming to a game, when the tie is weak, they look for the reasons why they shouldn't spend this hour with you or come to the game. Oh, I'm too busy. Oh, I got to drive here. I have to do this. Oh, the sky is blue, you know, or whatever. When when it's when you buy a ticket and you come to an event and it's logic driven, you'll be like, oh, what's the weather forecast? Oh, it's cloudy. Oh, it might rain. Oh, I'm going to wait till the temperature warms up a little bit. But when the emotional bond is strong, none of that matters. Not literally none. You don't even check the weather. You'll be like, game, home game, I am there. (laughs) And you just go. You just go and you're like, you're calling your friends and and, and, and it's there. So that is the spirit of sports that has to exist between us as caretakers of this brand and of the team and what we have to build fans to come on that journey with us. Now, that journey... Of, of that comes from retelling, just like our indigenous tribes, you know, and our indigenous people, they retell stories. And why do you do that? It's because you have to remind people again. You know, you take it for, we know the stories, but if you think about it, that, that helmet video, we, there's no new footage there. Like that's footage that is there, but it's our obligation to retell it, right? And how you, and, and how you do it. So, um, we got tons of, of stuff coming up ahead of, of really exciting stuff. I'm really excited about April. Really excited okay. about April. Yeah. <laughs> got something citywide. Really, really fun and for, for, for April. Please don't do it on April Fool's Day because I will be fooled. <laughs> <laughs> April Fool's, we got to do something for April Fool's too. I don't know what that's going to be, but... <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, well, I, and I got to say for that video, you, you 
you pick the per- perfect person in Jed because not only does he have the passion, but I could listen to Jed stories all day. He could tell me the same story every day and I would be perfectly fine with that because I love his delivery and I love the way he tells the story and and it, we've had him on the pod and it's just like every time he comes on I'm like tell us that story again yeah that's great yeah yeah tell us the D's nut story because it's amazing it's so funny yeah it's great Jameson too Jamo oh absolutely yeah any stories we'll we'll listen all day um so Changes are happening also on the field. You talked about how, you know, the hope is there. It doesn't matter if you were great or if you were horrible. The next year, you're going to be better. <laughs> you're going to be amazing. Um, and Chris Jones, obviously, has been making a lot of moves. Uh, we'll throw in right now. He signed himself a kicker today with Sergio Castillo coming on, which is outstanding. Uh, we're all very excited about that, mostly because now we can use the gift that says, Sergio! <laughs> Um, but, um, how has that relationship been with Chris Jones so far? Fantastic. We just had dinner together. He's in town for a couple of days, you know, and we're leaving the restaurant and this group of uh, 20 guys jumped up to take pictures with him. They were just so excited that he's in town. I was like, that's so awesome, you know? And we sat down for dinner and all we did was talk football. We talked about, um, I mean, he is uh, he is a kind of coach. If you look at how success has followed him, it is not by coincidence. When you're a leader and you have, if you do it once, maybe you're lucky. But when you're consistently a winner and you've done it multiple times in your life and, and turned things around, that's a gift of leadership that, that somebody brings to the table that he has. And people run through brick walls because of what a great leader he is. And um, that's why players that have played for him years ago still want to play for him. Why coaches who worked with him want to coach him because he knows he's not only going to turn the team into winner, he's going to turn each person into winners. And he, you know, if you get him on your podcast, he's just got so many amazing stories that he doesn't share with the public of how... People that were interns, you know, went on to become coaches for him and just how he nurtured people over and over and gave this opportunity. And that's just the type of of man that that he is. He's really um, a guy who's committed to to winning. He's an unbelievable work ethic. I mean, him and I, we talk almost every day at midnight like or after midnight, and he's the only person that's patient enough to take my calls at that time. <laughs> um, that's because that's the hours that he works too. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's amazing. Uh, and if you want to give him a t-shirt and tell him to come tell the stories on here, I'm more than happy to have him. That'd be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we want stories. That, that would be awesome. Yeah. Um, one of the great things I've noticed uh, following all the social media channels is seeing the effect it's having not only on the, the people that follow the Elks, but uh, all the other teams within the league itself. You're seeing a lot of people that are, are feeding off that energy that you've been bringing and the team has been bringing uh, all the team. Um, do you see there's going to be more opportunity for some sort of community between the teams or to, to even the league as a whole? I don't know. That's hard for me to say because the thing about I, I, I think that's important about social is it has to be first credible. Like 
when people now, because it's so you know ubiquitous, that when it's commercially driven or just only for business, people sense that lack of credibility right away. But you know, when when you're active and um, uh, and you're on social and you see it, you, you just you know if somebody really wants to engage or if they've got a hidden agenda and they're just going to announce a 20% discount to you on, on something, right? So, you know, like, like that's, that's totally, um, like, yeah, lacks credibility, you know. And, but, like, for example, this Dasani water is really awesome. I really enjoy it. <laughs> we just became the Austin Powers movie. That's amazing. Yes. Got Dr. Evil, and now we're doing plugs. Yeah, I don't know if you see this, but... Um... <laughs> Although, if you could bring back, like, Meme War Monday with other teams, we would appreciate oh. that. that. Those were always amazing. I, I love it when teams have fun with each other. Like, I, I think the the comments I'm reading is that everyone loves how much better the social has been. It's more fun. It's more engaging. It's more things that they want to see. But it's it's fun when – I know, like, even when us as podcasters go against our, our brother podcasters and, and we – bang off each other it's it's really fun so it's come fun to see that with the teams too yeah for sure and you're going to do things that that hit the mark and things that miss or that some people get upset you know like we're doing this whole saint patrick's thing and uh, all the major uh landmarks in the city are are, are turning green and like uh, like some people are like well that's so stupid like obviously it's <laughs> It's the bridge is not green, Victor. Why are you doing that? Like, uh, that's kind of the point of the joke. You know, like, and, um, there goes the point. It went right that way. Yep, yeah, that good. yeah, yeah, that's good. Yep. <laughs> that one is, you know, where St. Patrick's Day is obviously coming, and not a coincidence that we're also green. And so the seat sale that we're offering is like this package where. You only get a green seat. The seat, the, the the 200 seats that we're offering is only a green chair in our stadium that we that we had picked. So we, it's kind of just just playing on that, right? Yeah. Oh, it's it's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah, we're 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 a group full of uh, diverse fans. Let's just put it that way. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> um, but speaking of fans. Do we know anything about training day? If that's um, if the camp will be open for fans to take in this year? You know, that's a good question. I'm going to make a note of that. I forgot to talk to to, to coach about that. I'll, I'll I'll bring it up with him tomorrow. Yeah, I would. Okay. I would say, well, that's you know, that's his call. <laughs> that's his call. I I I think it's important that you know. You have to respect the coach's space and what he wants to do and where he wants to go. He's on a mission, and he knows what it takes to win. Mm -hmm. My job is to support him and and get out of the way, and his job is to support me and get out of my way, and 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 that's how we're gonna, you know, magnify our efforts. Fair enough. Fair enough. But I'll ask him. That's a really good one. I'm gonna put that down. With a little yep. wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> there's a there's there's a gang of us that take that week off so that we can sit up in the stands and go i like that guy i like that guy mm, that guy no <laughs> we have no say but we like to pretend like we do it's fun yeah um mike let's uh let's grab a couple of uh questions off youtube here and then we can uh we can move on here you bet um so lots of people uh in the chat 
very excited about this, loving everything that's been going on so far. Um, quite a few questions. We'll just have to get a, a couple of them in there. But um, uh, one from David Winchester. Uh, are there any plans currently for after game events for fans? I, I love that. And, and, you know, one of the things I'm working on, and I don't know if we can bring it to fruition, but the each one of our home games today is not the thing in the city. Like there's not a buzz all around the city when we have a home game. Now, we can't solve that problem just by having a 20% bigger tailgate party. It has to be like a holistic approach of, what makes this day amazing for the entire city? And whether that's a pre-party, a post-party, integrating with the restaurants, working with the city, there's a ton of things that have got to happen to make that possible. And, the, you know, there's some ideas. I'm not ready to share them yet because they're still too early. But I think that really touched on, was it Dave who said that? You know, of, of that's part of the puzzle. It You have to find reasons to put it on the social calendar for for everybody so there's a, a number of things that we want to look at in around the stadium the tailgates we're working with spirit of edmonton we're looking at everything from here to clark and just it's it's blank slate right now of what we can do and some of this stuff is going to take a couple of seasons for us to get it right and we'll we'll experiment with some things and, and get it wrong but in general, with that, I'm not a big believer of bringing, paying a lot of money for a halftime show to come in to to get more people to come in the stadium. Like that's, I'm not a big believer of that process because that doesn't really grow our fan base. And those people that come only for that, well, maybe they're never going to be our fan anyway. So why are we wasting their their time? And um, I, I always hated it as a fan, watching people leave when the game was not done or like halfway, because they were just not fans, you know, they came for some other reason. And there's a part of me that's kind of like, okay, I get it. But there's a part of me like, Duh, you don't belong here. <laughs> you know? and, and it's so wrong. It's going to lead us because everybody's coming, whatever, whatever. And, but um, so... I like to find those things, again, back to our earlier comment, that are not token efforts, that are things that really make that difference. So now you're, you're going to come down to the tailgate, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, excellent. Good. Okay. There will always be food for you available for us. Lot from us. A. Um, um, who, runs the, who runs Spirit of Edmonton. Yeah. They got a big tailgate down there. Um, and uh, uh, another guy called Jeff Stewart, he runs... Um, uh, um, big rig distillery, yep. and um, and you know he does a ton of stuff out there. I mean, they do great activities. They love the community, and um, Jerry from Spirit of Edmonton, his wife. So the first time I spoke to him was like day two on the job, and I have a call, and, and I'm like, he's like, I'm like, hey Jerry, he's like, hey Victor, how you doing? Blah blah blah, and and he says. Uh, says, well, my wife says hi. I go, oh, okay. <laughs> like, hi to your wife? I, I don't know. And he's like, well, my wife's, uh, you know, my wife's Sandra. And I'm like, right? <laughs> <laughs> hi, Sandra. Yeah, and he's like, 
Sandra, you went to school with her. And uh, so then I said, well, what's her maiden name? And Sandra Grandinetti. I'm like, oh, yeah, of course. And I went, I think it was from junior high. All She was like the sport captain of every single team, you know, like <laughs> ultimate competitor and like super, super uh, active and just like the leader of the school. And so it was awesome to have these kind of connections like that. Oh, that's amazing. Okay, sorry, that's Mike. Phenomenal. Go ahead. That's all good. I, I'm just sitting here listening. This is phenomenal. Yeah. Um, uh, so Jerry Cooper, a good friend of the podcast who lives out in Victoria, uh, is just saying that, damn, this discussion is making me want to move back to Edmonton. Uh, <laughs> being someone who did move from Victoria to Edmonton, I can definitely uh, relate to that for sure. Um, uh, more questions here. Uh, and this is going from uh, quite a few people. Uh, Leanne started it off and everyone sort of jumped in. Uh, can we please have more videos with Mama Kiwi? <laughs> uh, yep. Yep. I, I think she stole a lot of hearts, not just Andrews. Um, That's right, yeah. yeah. Uh, everybody fell, sort of fell in love with her. She's just just made for being on that camera. Yeah, well, I, we'll, we'll, we'll see, you know. Um, I think the... For me, the point of that video when we did it was, was one was that um, I just love doing stuff with my mom, but uh, um, uh, it was just a chance to to let fans know that good or bad comments, like we see them, right? Mm -hmm. And also just to remind people that whatever you say, there's another person at the other end, and just remind people that we're still humans and we're still, everybody has feelings, everyone can get hurt, everyone has egos, everyone has pride. And like, if we can have a respectful discussion, then that's great. I mean, you're entitled to your opinion and I don't have to agree with it, but we can still respect each other and we don't have to quickly dive down to the lowest common denominator of insults on, on social media. And so if that was kind of, the, the subtext of what I wanted to get out there that when somebody does something to remember my mom looks at it, you know, my mom is on Facebook and she's reading comments and she'll at the dinner table come to me and she'll ask me stuff. So she'll, she'll say, that guy said, you're a douche. What does douche mean? <laughs> <laughs> so, and so there's, she reads them. She reads them. Does she say it like douche? No, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's uh, that was horrible. Yeah. Uh, that was see, that was my. I needed an elevator audience for that one because it's about that funny. Okay, <clears throat> I mean, hey, Kayla's mom and my mom are, are in the chat right now watching too, so we're always on our best behavior. Um, That's true. Yeah. Wow. And you know what we should do is let's get everybody's mom yes. sending us a video of doing the elks like an elks call. Oh my what? god! Her version of elks, win. right? And let's stitch. All of that together. To get in. Right? Everyone that's listening right now, send in a video, a video just a, their own video of that, of their mom doing it, and we'll stitch it all together. We can, Love you, it. You, can you can put it out for Mother's Day. It'd be perfect. Yeah. Yeah, See? yeah. Like, yeah. I, I, I am all on board. I'm pretty sure I can get my mom to do that. <laughs> pretty sure. We'll see. Okay. You listening, mom? Okay. <laughs> Okay, maybe one All more right. super fan, and then we'll get to some horrid items, okay. and then we can get some rapid fire and let Victor get some sleep if he you does sleep. Yes, <laughs> that was the big question. Uh, so this one, uh, this may take us a bit of conversation. This is from Paul Reckner, uh, also out in Victoria. We got a lot of uh, green and gold on that island. Um, 
So the Elks have talked a lot about connection with the North and specifically the Northern Indigenous communities. Um, so uh, the question is, um, can you touch on how that sort of plays into plans for community outreach and real inclusion going forward? That's a, that's, that's a great question. I love that one. And thanks, Paul. And also, I love Victoria. And because that's where I spent every summer when I was in the Navy Reserves out in Esquimalt. Nice. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, I remember Victoria very well. Um, but again, the whole process of engagement with any community to me cannot be a token visit. It's not like, let me come up once every five years, uh, go up north and say hello and hand out some t-shirts. I really want to do things and build things that are a plan, I'll say this again, repeatable and scalable, that so that anybody can repeat it, when, even when I'm not here, when, when, so that it continues beyond me. And that when I say scalable, that there's no point of doing something if the plan is for only to reach 50 people. How does it go from 50 to 150 to 500 to 5,000? Now, if you can build a plan that does that, that's awesome. But to do something one-off, fly there or to talk to people, just so you can tick the box and say, oh, look how we're engaging, that's stupid. And, 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 and it's a waste of time and resources. And actually, I find it insulting to, to, to do that to people. So uh, that's the task that I've challenged our entire organization of when we think of things. What are we doing? Um, and let's really be mindful of our role as community leaders of what we want to do. Because just like, like you guys on this podcast, we influence people with our discussion. Everybody that has a chance to work and is part of the Elks family has a job that there's a hundred other people that would kill for to have that job. And it's a privilege to work in this organization. And that gives you an opportunity to make an impact in a different way in the community and in society because you are a leader and it's the role that you've chosen. So your decision-making and your thought process, because we are all, our characters are defined by the decisions we make every day, right? It's not, it's not a movie that we live where we get some magical moment to prove our worth and our character. Our characters determined every single day by little decisions that you make how you how you do say hello to people on the elevator or do you curse them under your breath or do you pretend you're pressing door open but you're pressing door close you know <laughs> which maybe we've all done you know? <laughs> um, and so but all these little things are affect your, your character and that's why I, I challenge our team here of like when we want to do something, let's really think about the impact we're going to make so that it will continue to live on even when you're not in that job. Oh, amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Okay, we're going to let you take a quick drink of water because Mike has some <laughs> uh, some horrid items for us this evening. So I will switch over and Mike, show us what you've got and, uh, and then we'll come back to Victor with a few rapid fire questions. Fantastic. Um, one thing we love to do on the show is sort of show some of the items that um, reflect on the history of the team, uh, some of the things they have done, whether it's on the field or off the field. And this is actually things from off the field. Um, 
One thing that they do every year is they started in 1964 having an annual dinner. It was the $100 plate dinner, and in 1964, that was a significant amount of money. Um, no and it for, still, still is for a lot of people, right? So one of the things you got to do is when you go home from the game from the dinner, you got to bring things home. And I've sort of brought a few items here on some of the things you would sort of bring home from those dinners. Uh, even still happens to this day. They have uh, wine glasses that are etched with the logo, or it might be a team signed football or things like that, which uh, people have seen behind me. I kind of like those as well. <laughs> um, so this is going back. This is 1971. Hopefully everyone can sort of see this. So this is a program, the dinner menu from the actual dinner on the back. It actually had the picture of the team from the year before or that year. Yeah. It's 71 team. Um, but yeah, on the inside, it would have who were the patrons, uh, what the menu looked like, what the uh, events did. Uh, so that's 71, uh, in 75, it kind of looked like that, uh, sort of going ahead here like to 1978. I like that guy too. Oh, me too. Ooh, Mr. Nice. Moon. Yeah. Nice. Um, once we got into the 80s, uh, this was a really big campaign we had called the Spirit and Speed of 84. Uh, we used that image quite a lot on all of our stuff. 86, things like that. Um, things, again, I love that sort of disappeared uh, are paper ticket stubs. So we have this from 1981. That's what ha- we had to get to get into it. Oh, again, it. that 1984 image, same kind of thing. And then this was, uh, I believe, from the 86. At yes. first, I thought that was a 27, and I was all excited. I'm like, they put Marco on the cover? That's amazing. <laughs> they but, should put Marco on every cover. I agree. and That put the hair on. Come on. Exactly. Uh, in the 60s, uh, they loved doing uh, sort of coffee cups or beer steins, whatever you want to use. Uh, this is a 67. They used that again in 68 and 69, a similar kind of design. In 1970, they moved to a, a beer mug, and it looks like that. Um, with the cuff on it there, talking about the annual dinner. Even into the 90s, they had things a little smaller. Uh, we had some pins that looked kind of like that. But Ooh. my personal favorite uh, from 75, and I think I might have shown it before, is this right here. Yeah. And this is a stadium seat. Those of us that remember going to Clark Stadium, they had the benches with no backs. Uh, so these are the kind of things you just sort of set on there and like that sit on it and uh yeah you were a little more comfortable going to clark so um a lot of things have moved very digital but for those of us that have that sort of souvenirs it's great to be able to bring back something and look back at it and say you know remember that when we went to the dinner in in 2018 and, and that was a great time so awesome i i love it oh thank you super fan those those were those were great i i, I love seeing those things and like i said more marco all the time that's true. That goes without saying. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you can tell, but Marco was the guy. Well, that was, that was my player when I started watching the team. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was my guy. Um, Victor, let's hit you with some rapid fire questions here. Um, well, hey, what's before, your... before, sorry, let sure. me interrupt. Mike, how do you archive? Like, how do you track and keep all that stuff? Do you have some sort of database? Like, like how, how do you do, do that? 
Actually, uh, I've been building a database and I've done a lot of spreadsheets. Um, so yeah, this my basement is sort of a museum or shrine to the team. And my idea of fun is sitting there looking at old newspaper articles from 1924 and looking who the players were um, and and just finding out all these things and then maybe finding some of their distant relatives now and saying, did you know your great-grandfather played with the Edmondson Civics in 1914 or the Canucks in 1919, et cetera. And it's just a great way to have a conversation and show some of the pictures and things like that. Yeah. Well, that's amazing. That database is crazy. I've seen little snippets of it and I, it blows my mind every (laughs) time. And, uh, and, and I love it. I love here. I got got to track what I've got or else I'll be like, I bought it again and I've (laughs) only got four copies. Have you ever gone through our archives where we have our team archives? Uh, Not yet, but Dave Jamison once invited me there when he was a part of the team. And then unfortunately, uh, he left right after that. So I didn't (laughs) get a chance. You know, I I would love to explore if you have the time. What do you do when you're not hosting podcasts? Uh, Well, I do (laughs) IT for a company. But yeah, most of the time I'm just, you know, hanging out with my family. And uh, we've done the locker room tour as well years ago. Uh, It's one of those things I think everyone really should experience. to experience and i know that's part of the uh the saint patrick's day thing you had as well included a locker room tour and i always encourage people if you get a chance to go in there it's it does you know give me chills for sure but yeah i mean i can always make time for something like that well you know what we should do is i would love to figure out some time for you to come and look through our archives where we yes. our archives because i have a sense that nobody knows what's there sure <laughs> <You know. laughs> I could be I could be wrong. You know, I know we send we have some place that we keep all of our archives and stuff. I don't know how it's put together, but it it'd be awesome to try and coordinate. So let's do that, okay? Let's connect after on that. Absolutely. Okay, that'd be great. Okay, I'm I'm gonna be Mike on the inside right now. <laughs> okay, there. Just because he's not showing the emotion, but we're all feeling it for him. Yeah, so that's yeah. uh, that, we know like that's a duck on the pond, right? That is the <laughs> yep. Big, I like crazy. Exactly. Exactly. Um, okay, so rapid fire questions for you, Victor, to know outside of outside of football. Uh, what's your favorite meal? It is a Asian dish called laksa. It's a sort of like a spicy curry Singaporean traditional dish with noodles. Laksa, L-A-K-S-A. Nice, neat. Okay. Um, what what kind of music do you listen to? What's on the iPod? Oh, I am. What do you think I listen to? Well, you know, I remember us asking some. Uh, at one point, we've asked other people, and they've said reggae, which threw me off. I I <laughs> I, I don't. I've stopped guessing because people like so many things that it's you know wide range. I I uh, yeah. I've, a very broad taste. I mean, I love hip hop and R and B, but I'm also a massive, massive country fan. Like, really? Yeah. Like Garth Brooks, Reba McIntyre, Tim McGraw. That's my jam. Like I, you know, <laughs> like so. If if you know Trisha Yearwood and Garth Brooks come here for a concert, I am gonna lose my mind. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm Big Valley. I'm Big Valley Jamboree. You know, I, I, I um. PBR rodeo and, and, and bull riding. It's just like I followed that my entire life and just a, a massive fan of it. That's so cool. Well, 
I hope I get to be in the stands when you pick the music for practice one day. It's going to be outstanding. <laughs> um, Netflix or streaming or movies, what do you like? Um, Netflix, I mostly like to watch the like the documentaries, you know, like the F1, Drive, Drive, was it Drive for Success or Drive to Drive Success? to Survive. Drive yeah. to Survive, yeah. Like, I like that. Um, behind the scenes of the behind the scenes that they do that kind of angle and and uh, so I, I generally mo like things that are reality based like I I do I read a lot but I only like to read biographies and so I read a lot of biographies I watch awesome. a lot of biographies what what was your favorite biography maybe my first one was um, a biography on Sir Winston Churchill. Oh, about, okay. about leadership was one of the earlier ones that my captain in the Navy recommended me to read. Um, I also really enjoyed Warren Buffett and his one. I read back to back Hillary Clinton and Bill and Bill Clinton's biographies. And then I read them again side by side because there's many parts of their biography that they're talking from each other's perspective. And it was that was really cool. Um, so I just mostly think biographies are so neat because it's a cheat sheet. Like they're giving you a cheat code to life. These people that are so successful and so smart and like they just have done great things in their life and they put it down to teach you what mistakes that they made and how they got there. I'm like, well, shouldn't you learn that? I mean, it's just fantastic. So that's so what I really, so I enjoy reading that. Oh, that's 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 awesome. Uh, I think I know the answer to this one, but cookies or chips? Cookies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Good. That's what I figured. Yeah. yeah. Uh, who was the who was your? Those cookies right there. You can see? Right there. See? Yeah, it's perfect. Oh, compliments of Andrew. He... Somewhere <laughs> Janelle is just excited. He's trying to work his way into my heart. That's, yeah, exactly. yeah, just wait till you meet Janelle. I I, I will not hold a candle after that. Um, and by the way, Janelle, thank you for the uh, treat pack that arrived at my house yesterday. It's amazing. Um, okay, uh, who's your who was your favorite player on the team when you were a kid? When you were starting to watch the team? Damon Allen. Okay. And uh, Gizmo. Of course. Yeah. 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 Uh, great picks. Um, next one. Can we use Mom's Elks call on the podcast? Absolutely. <laughs> Perfect. Absolutely. Um, but she may send you an invoice. For royalty, okay. perfect. So, yeah, uh, be, be prepared for that. Uh, I did. I did music licensing a year years ago, so yeah, we'll get right in it. Okay, yeah. perfect. I'll. Uh, I, yeah, my, happy my, to send the royalties. I'm just gonna tell you a quick story about her. Um, do we have time for this? Yes, or, please. Yes. Is, um, years ago, when about uh, ten years ago, when I was just you know building an, our one championship facebook page and just understanding about i decided that i wanted to make sure as i was learning that i knew it so i was going to tell teach my parents so i started with my father I'm like okay pop open the laptop this is what we're doing this is facebook etc cetera, etc cetera. i'm talking to him for about 15 minutes and then he stops he says okay where is the on button again <laughs> so I realized, okay, maybe I won't start with my dad. So <laughs> I, went, I went to my mom and I'm like, okay, you know, give her a laptop. And, and I, I, I opened her Facebook account for her and I teach her about it. I'm like, mom, I'm going to teach you about Facebook. So she started a page. It hasn't been as active now. It was called, I think, Travel Tips for Seniors on Facebook. 
Oh, and cool. it eventually grew from, she grew it to like 20,000 followers or something. Wow. Yeah. And my mother is now, she's like 77 or 78 years old, right? Um, and I wanted to, to teach her how Facebook works and what, what you do. And so she was doing video posts about travel tips specifically for seniors. So she would go around Asia and wherever we would go, she'd be like, oh, this is a good restaurant. And the steps are really small. It's easy to step up, you know, and, and, all, and all these really neat, neat tips. And um, as her fan base started to grow, mostly it was a lot of guys, probably and Andrew's friends that were asking to marry her. <laughs> they're, they're, they would like write in like, oh, I love you. And like, Who are these people? But she got some business requests from like cruise lines from that oh, would cool. say, hey, can you write about our cruise? And we'll give you a free cruise. And when you come on a cruise, write about what the experience is and how it's good for seniors. So she started getting these free cruises in Asia. And then wow. she'd go on there and she'd talk to other seniors. And she'd say, well, at this port, you want to do this kind of stuff. And don't go here because there's no toilet. Or, you know, <laughs> like really practical stuff for seniors. So she's amazing. She's so dialed in to social media and and um, she's the most tech savvy grandmother you'll ever meet. Oh, she has oh. goals. <laughs> oh, I agree. That's amazing. And and I think the story that you told with your dad, like welcome to Mike's life every day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, how and do I turn people it on? that are way younger than me, so yeah. Right, yeah, yeah, I can start. How do I turn it on again? Okay. Um, okay, what do you do when you're not on the job or thinking football? Um, well, I have very specific, isolated time that's dedicated only to the family. I split up my time that, and I put away the phones and, you know, I, I've been, I've been so lucky in my life, guys. Like, uh, um, when we were starting one championship, you know, in the first 10 years of, of, of that business, I spent four years in total away from my family. Because I traveled four days a week, I'm on a plane ten to twelve times a week, and and this is if somebody had said to me, "Here's this job, why don't you do it?" But over ten years, you will spend four years a hundred percent away from your loved ones. You want it? You know, but, but that's ludicrous, you know. But that's in totality. Looking back, as you connect the dots, what it ended up, what it ended up being, and so. Um, family time today as my children are or, or older and here is a really big priority time with my parents because they live with me is a, is a priority and very sacred. So that's a chunk of really my, my focus. Um, I do. I like, I love any sport. I love tennis, squash, bike riding and all that. I should do a lot more, but <laughs> I haven't. Um, so that's, that, that's pretty well, pretty well. It. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a really, like I'm not a materialistic type. Like I don't have a fancy car. I don't wear expensive watches or expensive clothes. Like I just like spending time with my family, and I love camping and sitting around and talking with good friends. And that to me is is really where the great things in life come together. Amen. Fantastic. Mm. Um, okay, first thing you do after you win the Grey Cup. Oh. Mm -hmm. I will think of what did we do wrong and what should we do better for next year. Oh, oh 
man. You can teach a class in giving the right answer. Good lord. That was that was amazing. That's uh that's awesome. Um now I have a feeling that this one's uh this one could be a longer answer, but I think it's going to be uh, another amazing one. Uh what does the EE three. Three. mean to you? 3. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. 42. Life, life, the life is the answer is 42. Um, yeah. What, what does the EE way mean to you? Um, you know, people talk about the Eskimo way, the Elks way, and 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 what is that? And it means a lot to different people. It's not something I think that is codified, and like the Ten Commandments in the Bible. I think it's much more about the spirit of Edmonton that is in this podcast and that's in the spirit in in our in the citizens of, of, of the city. I think that's what it's really about. And I I don't know if I could say specifically that it's integrity, honor, respect, humility, you know, or any of those things, because it's also about grit. It's also about stubbornness. It's also about um, humility and 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 yielding, you know. So I, I think that it had probably also evolved over time as different issues on our cultural agenda has brought things to the forefront and of what diversity and equity and inclusion means and what that should be. And I think to a lot of people, the team can champion all of those as the, as the Elks way. So I'd say it's, it's all of that. Amazing. Amazing. Um, all right. Well, this episode is also brought to you by Park Power, your friendly local utilities provider offering low rates, awesome service, and profit sharing with local charities. In Alberta, you get to choose who you buy your internet, electricity, and natural gas from. If you choose Park Power, you are choosing a positive local business. Plus, Park Power shares its profits with local not-for-profits that are working to make a difference for their communities. Shopping local is very important to Park Power's owner, Chris Kozowski, and we love local here at the Alberta Podcast Network and obviously with the Elks when we have now a local owner. So it's great fit for everybody. Uh, you can learn more at parkpower.ca. What Thank up, Kozowski? Thank you. Much <laughs> I was going to say, I bet you know him. Yes, <laughs> that, was my, that was my guess. Um, Victor, thank you. Thank you so much for spending the time with us tonight. Um, your your energy, your, your enthusiasm is infectious and contagious. Um, thanks for bringing back what we feel is what we want to see with from the team. We really appreciate yeah. it. Um, and spending time with us is uh, is way above and beyond. And so we really, really appreciate the time. Um, tell everybody where they can find you so they can find all of this witty banter and get in on it and, uh, and learn more things about what's going on with the Elks. Well, our social handles at Go Elks or at Victor Quee. But thank you guys. Thank you really for the time. Like I, you know, you guys are giving me too much credit of, of what has happened in this, in this short period. It, it was really just like, it was all there from this amazing fan base that we have. And it was like, as if it was just dormant. And all I did was help open the door a little bit and you can feel this flower blossoming. And, and it really comes from, from people that are committed to the team and our fan base and our season ticket holders and our partners and our sponsors and just all this kind of great work that you guys are doing. And, and people 
all they see is this finished product of what we're talking about today, but um, they should know and I know how much time and preparation goes into making your podcast show as good as it is and your own desire for self-improvement. So just thank you for your commitment and, uh, and bringing all this to fans. Thanks guys. Absolutely. We're, 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 we're happy to, to do it. And honestly, I, I could talk to you all night, but I know that you have other things to do. So we'll have you back during Stop the season learning. where we can kind of get a, I know, I know. Oh my gosh. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll have you back kind of mid season and we'll kind of see how things are going there. And, and then uh, we can do our regular, uh, our Victor check-ins that, that would be great. I, I'm, I'm quite sure that we owe you at least a beer out of this. So that's, we can, <laughs> we can do that for sure. Uh, super fan. Where does everybody find you? Uh, they can find me at 56 Parkies. And then, of course, uh, anything about the history and some pictures of some of the stuff we've been showing uh, at the Edmonton Football History Twitter account, which is at E-D-M-H-I-S-T-O-R-E-E. Love the song. Perfect. Uh, Commissioner, where does everybody find you? At Duchess Lombardi on Twitter, most likely. Perfect. Uh, and of course, make sure you are following our friends at Pay It Forward with Football as they get yes. everything uh, fired up for the season. Uh, and they are amazing as always. And of course, if you want to find all of our show or any of the other great shows on the Alberta Podcast Network, check it out at albertapodcastnetwork.com because that's why it makes it fun. Uh, join us as well in the huddle. You can join us on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. It's at the Turf District. Um, we'd love to hear what your feedback is on this show. Uh, and of course, uh, all of the shows that we're putting out, uh, we want to make sure that we're connecting with you guys as much as humanly possible. So uh, so reach out to us on, on all of our channels so that we can keep the conversation going. Um, we will be back in two weeks, um, and I'm hoping have an alumni on the show we're still working on some uh, background things to try and get an alumni on um and of course uh, if you're uh, interested in hanging around uh, we will go into overtime right away and do some more chatting about this and and answer some more questions with you guys and continue our conversation so uh thank you again victor really appreciate it uh so for victor commissioner k and superfan mike i'm andrew remember you can't catch footballs with your face and we will absolutely Talk to you in two weeks or in a couple of moments on overtime. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.